I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 3 or follow along on your phone or however you do it. Maybe grab a piece of paper, take a few notes, but I hope you've had a great fast or, or if you're concluding it as many of us are today. And uh, it's just been a great time, heard great testimonies. We've had great times of prayer. And I, I'm just, I'm wanting to make fasting a part of my natural flow, my natural kind of rhythm. And and I'm, I'm going to try with the Lord's help. I just wanted to throw this out there if anybody would like to join me for, the, for two days at the first part of each month to fast. Just to kind of reset again because we need it. We just need continually reset. Or if you have a crisis or a struggle or an issue that you need to commit to fasting and prayer, I, I would make it kind of a regular discipline. We also are having tonight called a, having an event tonight called Growth a group link where we're trying to help people that aren't currently connected in a small group to connect with other people that are going kind of maybe on the same life journey where a time fits you that's right, an area where maybe you live that's right, just to connect you with a small group so that you can get connected. And here's why that is important. When we first started Cl Clover Hill 20 years ago, we only had 11 people. We were a small group. And so if, if you didn't show up, you got 10 phone calls. Everybody knew you were out, and you were going to get hounded, and you were going to, I mean, it was, it, was a, it was a small group. I never in my wildest dreams thought 20 years later we'd average 1,600 people, two campuses, three services, 2,500 people who call this their church. I never, I never dreamed that. And, and I, I love Sunday morning. I love our church, and we're not big enough yet. You say, Pastor, how big do you want to get? If there's one person in Chesterfield County that doesn't know Jesus, we're not big enough yet because we want to reach till all have heard and all have come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. We want to keep growing. And, and living things grow. That's what they do. And I was reading in our 21 Reset Journal this week. I think the day was Thursday. We were in that maybe Friday. We were in the book of Acts. And it said that Peter preached and 3,000 people were added to the church that day. And then in Acts chapter 4, another 2,000 people added. And it went on to say that they were added daily. People were added daily to the church who weren't coming from different churches or weren't being replanted, but were getting saved, lost people, getting born again and getting planted into the local church. And I said, God, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you did that back then, why can't you do that now? Why can't we believe at Clover Hill that you'll add to this church daily 365 people in 2017 that will give their life to the Lord and not just fill out a commitment card or raise their hand, but will plug in and begin a journey of following Christ from now until eternity. That, that, that's what our prayer is and, and was. And, and this is what I've always prayed to, regardless of the size we were. God, we don't want to draw a crowd. We want to build an army. We want to build people that, that are walking with you. And if you're, again, if you're taking notes, I'm just, let me share with you three things that I've prayed for a long time. And I continue to pray that God will intensify his presence at Clovereal. Because there's nothing like the presence of God. That's when I walked in. I, I, if you're new today, I preach at our other campus at 10, and then I come back here. When I walked into the facilities, when I walked backstage, I felt the presence of God. And in the presence of God, the Bible says that in His presence, there's fullness of joy. In His presence, people get healed. In His presence, life change happens. I think you can build a great church on the power and the presence 
of the Holy Spirit. We're praying that God will continue to intensify his presence, that God will manifest his power. When God's power begins to manifest, people begin to take notice. Last week, uh, Steve, he's one of our ushers, comes at 9 o'clock, sits on the front row. He came for prayer. His wife, baby, was, was breached. They were supposed to go. He was worried. He was nervous, and rightfully so. Uh, you know, it's scary when you got a baby and it's not centered right, and they're, they're just saying no, no, no telling what could happen. We went back to the doctor Friday after we prayed, and that baby turned himself, and he's fine, and it's feet first, and it's looking good. That's, you say, well, that's just coincidence. No, I believe it's the power of God. And, and when those things start to happen on a regular basis and we share them and testify, it, it exalts Jesus and it takes, causes people to take notice. Not with enticing words of man's wisdom, the Bible said, but under the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And then I also pray that God will establish His people, intensify His presence, manifest His power, and establish His people. That means that we go deep in the thing, deeper in the things of God. That we're not just here to see a sign or a wonder. That we're not just here to get uh, tickled or feel good in his presence. But that we have a connection to God. That we've had an encounter with Christ. Where we have a personal faith in Jesus Christ. Where we are growing in our relationship with God. Where we're becoming more like God tomorrow than we are today. And more like we're just being changed and transformed by glory to glory. That those old actions and attitudes and and and, and uh, things that, that have no business in our life are being laid aside and put aside. And we're moving forward in the things of God. Where people are discovering their purpose, realizing why they were created. And the potential that could lay dormant in their hearts. And are, and are making a difference by using their talents and their dreams and their gifts and their, and their, and their abilities to, to touch others. And, and to reach others and to help others. And, and I just realized, and not just, I mean I've realized over the years, that that cannot be accomplished just on Sunday morning. And I love Sunday morning. It's my favorite day of the week. I love our worship. I love our preaching. I don't care what you think about it. I love it. I'm just encouraging myself in the Lord right now. I like it. I think you can get something out of it. If you, if you come early and sit close and lean in, I think God's got, because the Holy Spirit is the teacher, and I think he can instruct you and help you. I love, I love the people that serve. I love everything about it. And I hope you come on Sunday and get so encouraged that you can go bear hunting with a switch. I mean, I just hope you leave this place on fire for God and filled to capacity where you want to go make a difference. But this is, this, as much as I love Sunday, it's not all going to be accomplished here. Because we need rows. That's where we're at now. We're in rows. Rows. We need to be shoulder to shoulder. We need to worship together. We need to, to be taught together. We need to pray together. But, but if we're going to fulfill our potential and reach our, our full possibility, we got to get in circles. It just can't be shoulder to shoulder. It has to be face to face. We've got to build relationships. I said that old church, we had 11 people, and, and there were some good things about it, and there were some really bad things about it. I'd rather be where we are today. But if we don't, if we don't keep that sense of community, and, and, and bigger churches are not less relational. Relationships has everything to do with intentionality. If you're intentional about it, you can get to 20,000 people and still be relational. Because it's not just about Sunday. It's about you getting in a circle and being face-to-face -face and connecting with one another. And so at Clover Hill, we try to do that at an early age. So when you drop your kids off at Kids Church this morning, 
And I thank God for every kid worker that serves so faithfully and comes prepared and prayed up and ready to minister our kids. Where can you go and drop your kid off for an hour and 15 minutes? And those leaders are, are passionate about instilling the same values and the same principles that you want your kids to be a part of. I, I don't, my story, I don't know your story, my story, I grew up in the church and kids church was a part of our weekly routine. It was not an option. We went and I'm so grateful as a kindergartner, as a preschooler, as an elementary kid where I sat and back then we didn't have a lot of video or stuff. We had flannel boards. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but it's just a big board and you would take these little cut out little picture things and you'd stick it on there and so they'd stick on Moses and parting the Red Sea and, and they'd see David and Goliath. My church didn't have enough money for a bunch of them so we had one little flanograph lady and one week she was Mary the mother of Jesus and the next week she was Delilah tempting Samson and the next week she was Jezebel. You just never knew what you were going to get but those stories they've impacted me and I, I've, I've had my ups and downs throughout my life but the foundation was built and, and, and we want to come alongside you and help. We want to reinforce what you're already doing in your home and help kind of firm up those, those foundationals for your kids. And we do small group, large group. So every week your kid comes and they're going to be in a small group with a leader where they're in a circle and they're face to face and they're sharing their, their challenges and they're sharing their prayer requests and they're talking about their life and, and they're going deeper in the lesson. And then we have large group because that's important. You need somebody speaking into your life, your, the, the life of your kid other than you. You need other voices that are talking to them. And then, and then we don't stop it in kids. And so I just encourage you. I got in kids' church what sports could not give, give me. I, you know, I love, I've told you this, I love basketball. But now I can't hardly run up and down the court without needing an oxygen mask. What I used to thought was so important is not that important anymore. If we would just keep life in perspective. Yes, we love ball. Play ball. Have fun at ball. But what matters is eternity. God matters, people matter, eternity matters. And when we get that out of whack, everything gets messed up. And I think as the Western church, we easily get that out of whack. And we, we, we put emphasis on the things that really aren't that important long term. And we devalue the things that are eternal forever. And so, I, you know, the first of the year, it's always great attendance. We always have a burst in attendance. We always need more chairs. We always need more stuff. And I'm just praying. I'm just asking, man, don't let it be. Don't trick your kids. Don't, don't, you, they need something steady. They, they need to be in the house of God on a regular basis in large group and in small group. Amen? And it doesn't stop there because then we move it to the kids. In, in, I mean, the youth. When we do youth, we do small group. Large group. We're about to launch a new time for our, we call it the movement. It's for 6th to 12th graders. And, and it'll, it'll relaunch the last, this Sunday, not this Sunday night, the 29th of January. We call it a move night where everybody comes together. It's kind of evangelistical. It's an invite night. There'll be a lot of fun, a party atmosphere. But where Pastor Derek will give a gospel message. But then uh, on a normal week, a normal month, We'll do first and third Sunday nights. They're called split nights. So sixth through eighth will go together, and, set, and ninth through twelfth will be together. And they'll get instructions and lessons and, and worship on their level. And then on the second and fourth, we do small groups. And, 
And that's just an opportunity, again, for our kids to get out of rows and get in circles. And I can't talk to your experience. All I can do is talk to my experience. And I have a 17-year-old girl that has the most awesome youth leader in all the world. Heather Fox and Becca has come alongside of her to help. I am indebted to Heather's investment. I am indebted to Heather's influence in my girl's life. I... I, I love Emily, and I think Emily loves me, and we have a great, con we have a great, we talk a lot, but I, I'm not stupid enough to know she's not going to tell me everything, and, and she's not going to listen to everything I say, but if I have another adult that's on the same page as I am, that believes in the same thing that I do, that wants what's best for her and loves God first and foremost, I have the utmost confidence that Heather's just going to be reinforcing things that I'm already hoping for my daughter. And so when, so when Emily calls Heather and says, Heather, I got this boy, I'm going through this issue, I got this struggle, what do I do? And Heather stops to pray for her. I thank God, I pause and thank God because I, I need that as a father and Emily needs that as a 17-year-old. I, my son, Zachary, he's at college now, and he had, we had, we've been doing this for a long time. This, this past semester, he had an issue that he was dealing with, and it was a kind of a speed bump for him. It was a tough time, and we, we talked as best we can, but he called his old small group leader, the man that had been investing in his life as a high schooler, and he said, hey, I just, I'm just going through this. Can you pray for me? I can't tell you the value that that has as the, the comfort that that brings me as a parent and the value that that adds to our kids. I'm, 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 I want to encourage you. It matters. I, I, at youth group, I, youth group, I went on my first mission trip as a 14-year-old. It was a long time ago. We went to West Virginia to help uh, uh, the poor community. We, we painted houses, and, and then at night we would have services. It was, it was I don't even want to, it was, what, 35 years ago, long time ago. <laughs> That's crazy. And I still, I still remember it. It had an impression on me. It left a mark on me. They're doing a, they're going on a mission trip this summer. We've got retreat. It was at retreats and camps where I, where I got connected with God that, that it wasn't going to I met my wife at youth group. I, we were, we were eighth graders. I didn't know we were going to marry her, but I thought she was awful cute. And you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't think it matters. This motive matters. And they, I went to youth group because I had to, but I also went because there were cute girls there. And I, I thought, anywhere there's cute girls, then I want to be there. And, and I would sit beside the cutest ones because the preacher would usually say in our youth group, I've told Derek if he ever does this, he's going to get fired because i got a 17-year-old daughter. But he would say, hold the hand of the person beside you. And I lived for that moment. I'm going to sit by the cute girl. And I picked, I, Angie was the cutest one in the group, so I was always sitting by her. And the youth pastor said, hold the hand. And my hands were sweaty and clammy because I've been dreaming about this, nervous about this. And I grabbed her hand. I felt the Holy Ghost, man. I felt it <laughs> all over my body. I, I mean, it changed my life forever. Good things happen at youth group, man. You, you, need, <laughs> you need to be a youth group. Get your kids there. It's a move, and, and it'll start next Sunday night. But we don't stop in kids. We don't stop in youth group. We go on to, and this is how we try to model our church, that we have large group and small group. Because you need the large. You need rows. You need the encouragement. You need the teaching. You need the empowerment. You need the worship. But you got to get in circles. And so we start a new semester. We do three eight-week semesters. We start a semester uh, in, 
in the, this week, as a matter of fact. And, and some are starting a little later, so it could start the next week. That's, that's why we have this group link tonight, to try to get you connected with other people going on the same journey, get you out of rows, get you in circles, so you can reach your f- potential and become what God has intended, and us as a people can make it. Because we need, we need community. This is, what I, this is what I know about life. There's four areas. You can write this down. I encourage you to do so. And so you can remember it to some way. We have this area called arena. And that's what, that's what you know about me and everybody else knows about me. You, most of you know I'm, you know I'm a pastor. Most of you know I'm married. I got four kids. Uh, whatever. You know it's kind of surface. It's not real deep. It's, it's not. And many of you know a lot about it. It's just the arena. And, and, and life's not fun just living in the arena. You weren't meant for everybody just to know the arena. You were, you were meant... Life without relationships is, is not, I don't, it's not life. It just it doesn't work. We, our staff guys, every Monday we go to lunch and they make me go to Vinny's. And it's just, it's just really, it's just really hard to go there every Monday. But I love it. I love the fellowship. I love the camaraderie. I love, I love the conversation. I, Monday is the favorite day of my week. Because we're getting out of the arena and we're developing and we're growing a little bit closer in it. And it just, it makes life better. Relationships make life better. I got a small group we meet on Tuesdays. We meet at Cracker Barrel. And there's something, there's a common thread about food and groups. And, 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 and we have a great time. And I love it. We talk about sports. And I talk about my kids. They talk about their kids. We encourage. We text throughout the week. Because if you just... You could have all the money, you could have all the success, but if you're doing it alone, it stinks. Life is better with relationships. You know, you know what Jesus did? Jesus came to earth. You know why he came? He came to seek and save the lost. He came to die so we could live. He came to give his life that we could have life. But you know what his strategy was? He got 12 guys around him. 12 guys, and for the majority of his time, he, they got together in a small group, and he really had three that he got alone with on a regular basis, and they trusted one another, and loved one another, and cared for one another, and prayed for one another, and instructed one another, and served one another, and honored one another, and submitted to one another, and confided in one another, and together they turned the world upside down. They got outside of the arena and went a little bit deeper. If you're going to I I keep saying this, I don't want to be repetitive, but I do because I want you to get it. If you're going to reach your full potential, if you're going to fulfill the purpose for which you were created, you need rows, but you got to have circles. You got to have people that you can do life with. And And I mean people that have the same values and the same heart and are headed in the same direction. You might have some unchristian friends, and that's great, and, and I encourage that. But you don't want to take advice. You don't, you don't want to you don't want to hey, you don't want to go where they're going all the time or, or be like them. You need people that are, you get what I'm saying. Get out of the arena. Here's another area. It's a, I call it the mask. It's what I know about me, but you don't know about me. And this is where we get in trouble if we're not careful. Because behind the mask is where we hide our faults and our weaknesses and our failures and our doubtings and our fears. We don't want people to think less of us. We, we don't want people to think we're weak or we're struggling or we have issues. But yet if we do not remove our mask, we, we get in trouble. Somebody needs to know where you're going on the internet. Somebody needs to know what you're doing on that business trip. Somebody's got to know what you're thinking, what you're wrestling with. 
how you're treating your pet spouse, how you're spending time with your kids. Somebody needs to know. Here's what the Bible says, 1 John. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You need forgiveness, go to Jesus. You don't have to go to a pastor or a priest. You go to Jesus and he'll forgive you. But James 5, 16 says, confess Confess your sins and pray for one another that you might be healed. You want to be all that you were meant to be? You, you get forgiven by the blood of Jesus. You get healed up in the context of community. That's why Overcomers is so valuable. That's why these groups are so important because it's in the context of community where we can share our struggles and we can remove the mask and we can, and it doesn't happen overnight and it takes time and it, it takes commitment and it takes conviction and it takes honesty and transparency and, and, it, and it, it's, it's hard. But yet that's the only way we can tap in and be all that God wants us to be. Here's another thing. It's called the blind spot. It's what you know about me, but I don't know about me. It's, it's I was driving down the road the other day, and I was about to pull over into the other lane, and Emily screamed because there was another car on my bumper. I wasn't looking for an accident. I didn't want to have an accident. I didn't have time for an accident, but I had a blind spot. And if it wouldn't have been for her, I would have had an accident. This is what I know. All of us are one step from stupid. We are one step from making a mistake that will ruin our lives and cause more chaos and confusion. And, and it's a blind spot. We don't see it. And we need somebody. I'm not talking about those that think they have a spiritual gift of pointing out everybody's failures and wrongdoings. That's not, pointing out failures is not a spiritual gift. But we need people that will come alongside that we're in relationship with, that we're doing life with, that can help us. Here's a great illustration. You know, you know Paul in the Bible was Saul. Peter, they were founders, co-founders of the New Testament church. And Peter was a Jew. And back in that day, a lot of racial tension between Gentiles and a lot of friction. And they didn't think they could fellowship, eat together. Well, that wall after Christ was tore down. And Peter was hanging out with Jews, and they're interacting, they're serving one another, ministering to one another, and things are great, and, and God's pleased, and, and I miss just a good day. Well, Peter is hanging out with some Gentiles, and some other Jews come to visit Pete. And they're not on the same page. They're, they, they, in their hearts, they're still, they're still uh, unrest, they're still biased, they're still prejudiced. And so Peter steps back from the Gentiles, and he moves to the Jews, and he doesn't talk bad about them. He doesn't necessarily in his mind think less of them. He just doesn't treat now the Gentiles as equals. And Paul comes on the scene, and he goes, Pete, what are you doing, bro? You know better than that. You know there's no Jew or Gentile, slave or free. There's no, there's no, uh, there, there's not, there's no white or black. There's no, man, we're all one in Christ Jesus. You, you're, you're, you're missing the mark. You're falling short. You're better than this, Pete. You got to get it right. And a light bulb. There's a blind spot. I mean, Peter, he'd grown up like that. I mean, that was ingrained in his culture, ingrained in who he was. It, it was just a tendency to step back. But with a, it's a blind spot. But with, Pete, with Paul speaking in his life, light bulb goes on. You're right, man. I'm, man, how stupid was I? Thanks. Thanks for, thanks for helping me out. Thanks, thanks for, why? Why is that so important? Again, because we are all one step away from stupid. We're one step away from falling off the edge. We're one step away. And that, that's, I'm not, that's biblical, and I'm going to share it to you in a minute. Here's the last thing, not the last thing, but about this. It's potential. It's what I know about, what I don't know about me and what you don't know about me. 
And that only is fulfilled and drawn out and tapped into in the context of community. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Where, there's, where we're together and maybe a little friction, maybe a little challenging, but we come out better. And, and we, we, we need to take off the mask. We need somebody to help us with our blind spot. And we need to be able for somebody to tap into our potential. Here, here's what the writer of Hebrews says. Tonight we got this group link. Uh, small groups are starting back up. Uh, is it important? I think so, because this is what the Bible says. We don't know. We don't know the writer of Hebrews. Everybody kind of assumes that it's Paul, but it's not for sure. But this is what it, it's enough to make the canon of Scripture. And and we this is the this is the word of God. He says, "See to it, brothers." And let me just stop there. Let's kind of break this down. See to it, brothers. Who's he talking to? He's talking about. He's talking to followers of Jesus. He's talking to people that have made a commitment to Christ. He's talking about people that are trying to move forward in their spiritual journey. See, see to it, Clover Hill. See to it that none of you has a sinful and unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Well, who would turn away from the living God? I, I, I've just come off a 21-day fast off and on. I, I'm closer to God now than I feel like I've been in a long time. Who, who would do that? I would. And you would. Who, 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 who's been caught out of darkness and has been had their life upside down, changed, transformed? They've, they've got a new hope and a new start and a new, be, new beginning. Who would turn their back on that living God? You would. And I would. That's why the writer said it. See to it, brothers, that this is the deal. All of us have a, not only a capacity, but we have a propensity to turn, to drift, from anything and everything that's holy and wholesome for us. You say, no, I don't. Okay, think about it. Go to the gym right now. It's packed. You can't get a machine. There's sweat everywhere. It stinks. Go to, go, go to Gold's. Go, I mean, it is a full house. Why? Because people know they need to get in shape. They need to lose weight. They need to get stronger. And so they've started a New Year's re- re- resolution, and they're on this track to better health and the better better living. You want, you want your own, go in February. Go in the middle of February. You can sit on any machine you want. You can, you can sit there as long as you want. Why? Because we all have this tendency to turn from whatever's holy and whatever's wholesome for us. It's, it's just our bent. It's just our nature. We, we turn from it. Think, think, Think emotionally for a minute. How many have been in a spot where you're just drained? I mean, you are an emotional overload. You, you are just maxed out. So you call a date, and you get your wife, and you go to the restaurant, and you get out your calendars, and you say, we're not going to live like this anymore. This is crazy. This, is a, this ain't even a house. This is just like a hotel. We're just checking in and checking out. I don't even know the people that live here. We've got to slow down, and so we mark out our count. We're going to take off this day. We're going to stay out here. We're going to date here. And, and how long does that last? Just a short time because we, have, we all have this, this propensity, this capacity, this thing that just drifts, and it's the same way spiritually. Who would turn their back on the living God? A person that just went through a 21-day fast. Who would turn their back on a living God? A person that feels more connected to Christ now than they ever had. Why? Do you want to? No. Right now, I'm not even thinking about it. I'm thinking all in for Jesus. I'm there. But if I'm not careful, if I, if I don't understand this in my life, I mean, every, and that's why, that's why if you're going to stay on track, 
You, you've got to be intentional. You've got to take discipline. It takes delayed gratification. It takes commitment. And it takes community. And, 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 and other people understand it, but sometimes in the church we don't get it. Where do people lose weight the best? Again, in community, Weight Watchers is crushing it. Because you go in groups and you get out of rows and you sit in circles and you talk about your week and you talk about your struggles and you talk about the food that you love and the food that you can't eat. And they have even said that if you want to gain, you want to lose more weight, then go to Weight Watchers, not with just a group of people that you don't know, but add some friends. Sign up with a buddy. I know a lady that was good. She signed up for Weight Watchers. She was not going to go on Saturday. And to her friend called and said, hey, you going to be there on Saturday? She had no intention. She was not going. She hadn't had a good week. It, Weight-wise, it wasn't going to happen. I'm not going. And, and I'll write on a, yeah, I'm going. What do you mean? I was, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm going. Why? Because peer pressure can have a negative effect, and it can have a positive effect. Well, what about they're finding, am I boring you? You look like you're bored. Stay with me. Stay with me. I understand ADD. I know all about ADD. I, I, I slap yourself a couple times, punch your neighbor, just focus for just a few more minutes, please, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. What was I saying? See, my ADD, I just lost my place. Oh, oh, Weight Watchers, and now all these, these workout places. Wow, these workout places are, are it's all CrossFit and cycling class and yoga class. And why? Because we're better, we just do it, we just do it, we we tend to drift less when we're in community, when there's accountability, when we take off our mask and we're real, where we let people to see our blind spot and allow them to speak. So see to it, brothers, that none of you, see to it, that none of you has a sinful and unbelieving heart that turns away from the, from the living God, because we all have that potential to do that, but encourage one another. So how do I not turn away from the living God? How do I make sure I stay on track? By encouraging one another. You know what the word encourage means? It, doesn't, it just doesn't mean, oh, that a boy, you're going to make it, you're, you're good. No, it means to appeal to, to exhort, to urge strongly, to implore, to beg. Because we have a tendency to drift, because we have the capacity to turn from God, because we have a propensity to isolate and hide behind our mask and make mistakes that can ruin our life. But if we'll encourage one another, if we'll let others in, if we'll remove our mask and be real with people, if we have relationships in such a way that people are allowed to speak into our life, the possibility of drifting decreases greatly. And the potential to turn our back on the living God loses its power. But encourage one another daily. And, and, and that's why... Rows are good, but we need a few people that are encouraging us daily. And if you're going to be in a group, frequency matters. A group that meets once a month is not a group. The group's got to meet on a regular basis because it takes frequency to get to one another. And, and, and it's got to be not out of convenience, but out of conviction. I don't, I, don't, I don't go to the gym because it's convenient. I don't work out because it's convenient. I hate the... I hate the way it makes me feel while I'm doing it. I hate how I feel when I'm sore after it. But I have a conviction that I'm better, that I have more energy, that I'm more alert, that I'm healthier if I do it. I don't work out for convenience. I work out of conviction. I don't go to small group because it's convenient. I'd rather sleep in. Sometimes I'd rather put my kid on the bus. Sometimes I'd rather do this. I go out of conviction. I need those men in my life. Too many of us are living out of convenience, and we're missing out on all that God has for us. 
You don't live by feelings. You live by faith. And, and, and the word teaches us that we need one another daily as long as it's called today. What does that mean? Well, just kind of metaphorically speaking, tomorrow is heaven. Today is the world we live in, the struggles, the challenges, the difficulties. As long as we're in this, until we get there, we won't need this. But as long as we're here, we got to encourage one another daily. Why? So that, none, so that none of you may be burdened by sin's deceitfulness. We're one step from stupid. That's why. Because sin will, will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost more than you want to pay. And the best defense against sin is we, not me. I, I uh, have an accountability partner, Dave Huffman. Many of you know him. He's moved to North Carolina, but he... he gets everything that where I go online, if it, whether it be my iPad, my phone, or my computer, he gets a printout of where I've gone, and he takes it seriously. I mean, this isn't a guy, he doesn't go, well, he's a pastor, he's not going to go anywhere, I, I don't need to check on it. No, this joker checks on it. And so if anybody, if, if one of my kids grab my phone, and I mean, they, they look up a movie review, and it it's got an R-rated, I'm like, get off of there. Huffman is going to call me. He's going to think I'm somewhere I'm not supposed to be. Stop it. And sure enough, this Thursday, uh, they were doing some work on my computer at work, and, and I was having some glitches or something, and, and they had to disen disenable or disengage, whatever they do, with covenant eyes. That's the filter that sends them the report and all that. And the, to fix the computer, they had to take that off. And that thing hadn't been down for five minutes, and I get a text from Dave Huffman. Pastor, what's going on, man? Your, your, your filter's not up. You doing okay? Are you drifting? Are you, are you going to make it? Do I need to come down there? Do I need to pray for you? What's up? And, you know, I could have got offended. I could have got mad. Dave, stop it. I'm better than that. I, I, I welcome that, man. I need that. I want that. Why? Because I'm one step from stupid. And the best defense against sin is we and not me. We, we need one another. We need one another. It's time to, to start groups, and we're getting ready. If you're, if you're not in a group, I encourage you to come tonight. Come to Group Link. We're going we're gonna to help you connect, be a part. If you're in a group, it's time to crank those jokers back up, and let's do it out of commitment and conviction, not necessarily conviction, uh, uh, convenience. Look at me. Will you look at me? Especially all you ADD people. Look at me. Look at me. I want what's best for you. I want you to be further along in your spiritual journey in June than you are in January. I want you to sp still be walking with Jesus on the mountain, fired up. I want you to still be connected to the church. I, I, want you to be, I want you to be intimate with Christ. I want you to know his peace and his presence and his power. I'm, I, I, this is my motivation. I, I'm not trying to get a number for groups. I, I don't care about that. I, I want what's best for you. And what's best for you is to meet weekly in rows and to meet weekly in circles where we fight shoulder to shoulder and we interact face to face. We need that. And so my, my encouragement to you today, we've started strong. It's been a great January. We're going to continue. Our, did I say this already? We're going to continue our Wednesday morning prayer time. Did I say that this service? No, Lindsay. Andrew, you've heard me twice, so you don't know what I've said. But we're going we're gonna to continue our prayer time at 8 o'clock, uh, 7 o'clock. I'm getting everybody confused now. Wednesday, 7 to 8. If that's too late or it doesn't work, we have two men's groups that pray Tuesday and Thursday from 6 to 7. 
They'd love for you to be a part. It's a great time. We're going to keep pressing in. We're going to take the next step. We're going to go into groups. Maybe you've been coming a long, long time to Clover Hill. As your pastor, can I, can I exhort you? Can I encourage you? Can I implore you? You need others in your life. Here's the bottom line. We is always better than me. Amen, everybody.